I never know where to put this water bottle, Robbie. Let's not put it on the keyboard. You never know when I might need that. Boy, it's great to see you all again. Good to be back here at Living Hope. I appreciate you, and I appreciate this church. You, you folks are, are one of our stronger churches, and I've told you before what I think of Rondi and Melody. Uh, Rondi's simply one of the uh, brightest and most gifted pastors in Wyoming, and you would be really smart to hang on to him as long as God allows you won't find another couple like this easily. Um, moving another direction, Rondi's starting to squirm up here. Uh, let, me, let me share a little story, and then we'll turn to some scripture. Uh, years ago, I was called to serve as pastor of a church in Colorado. And this church is in a truly beautiful place. I mean, even prettier than some places in Wyoming. And it's it's nestled in this uh, valley right next to a, a lake and it's you know it's solitary all alone in this beautiful meadow and it's surrounded by 13,000 foot peaks and uh, it, it's really a great place and I was very thrilled when they called me to come as pastor but just as I was about to move there a friend of mine cautioned me and he said moving there sure ruins a good vacation spot and, uh, you know, that's an interesting statement. Sure ruins a good vacation spot. Well, you know, I was about to be pastor in one of the prettiest places you can Im imagine. So, um, but you know what happened? You, you can imagine what happened. Um, after a few days there, a few carefree and magical days, the magic started to wear off, you know, and, and we all know how this works. The escapism of a vacation is a good thing. We enjoy that. And it lasts for a little while. It's really sweet. But then pretty soon the cares of home, the cares that can't be shaken off, begin to catch up with us. No matter how far we drive on vacation, there it comes behind us. And in my case, I was going to be pastor in this paradise of a place I've described. And, and I'd taken home with me. I'd taken the cares of life with me there. Yeah, it was a place of great scenery. But you know what? I still had to prepare three messages a week. You know, it was a place of great fishing and hunting, unparalleled, you know, state record stuff for the state of Colorado. But the trouble was I still had ministry duties to take care of. I had family needs. I had to put up 12 cords of firewood for winter. So I didn't really have a lot of time for that sort of thing. And more importantly than those, you know all those smiling workers that, that greet us in uh, resort areas where we, we go to get away from it all? Um, those people, as it turns out, you know, they have, they have financial pressure, especially in resort areas. Uh, they, have, they have burnout. They have marriage problems. Their families have difficulties. They have issues with certain substances sometimes. Um, you know, it just, it goes on and on, and that was, that was the kind of people that were in my new flock. So, in fact, I'd gone there not for a vacation spot. I'd gone there to be in the ministry of the Lord, and, of course, that's what, what I did. So, yeah, it did kind of ruin a good vacation spot, but maybe vacation spots are overrated. So, look with me now. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 
9 through 11, this is right out of the Lord's Prayer. I won't read the whole prayer here. But this is, this is the word as Jesus is telling his disciples how to pray. And this is what it says, Matthew 6, beginning of verse 9. This then is how you should pray, says Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the very first request that he tells us to make is in verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. One of the things that we learn in life, and it takes a lot of us a while to learn it, we have to learn that we are fragile and that this fragile nature of our lives is not as easily fixed as we might want it to be. It's not, it's not fixed by travel to a vacation spot or a resort area. Yeah, that feels like great relief for a while, but it's, it's really powerless to, to truly address uh, the difficulties of our lives. Um, the fragile nature of our lives isn't fixed by, by some momentary thing that might be served across a bar or something like that. It's, it's, it's a fact of life that we have struggles. We may not feel that all the time, and sometimes we feel it quite acutely. The truth of the matter is insecurity is not just a feeling. We talk about feeling insecure, but more than that, insecurity is a condition of life. We are fundamentally insecure. It's, it's the way it is. We're easily brought to sorrow. Maybe you're not feeling it today, but you can remember days when you did. And you can expect days in the future when you will. We're fundamentally insecure, and regularly do we visit grief. That's just a fact of life. So, sure, life is awesome. Life is a gift. Life is beautiful. Uh, we ought to be good stewards of it. We ought to make all of it that we can. Don't cut corners. Do your very best. Breathe in the beauty of life. But one thing, brothers and sisters, remains the same. One thing, always the same. You need, and I need, we need the Lord in our life. And that's a day-by-day -day circumstance. I love the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer reminds us that we're fragile. We have need, but Jesus promises in this teaching that, the, that God the Father is able to take care of our needs, and he's eager to provide for those needs. What a blessing that is. God welcomes the prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily we need to acknowledge that he is superior over his universe that he has created. He's superior over we ourselves. Daily we need to seek the fulfillment of our true and deepest needs from the storehouses of his abundant grace. Daily we need to confess that he knows our needs better than we ourselves. That's a fact of life too. Now before we look at some more scripture, I have to, I'm going to just admit here and I'm going to speak for a moment about the fact that some people, maybe some of you here today, some of you would say, 
I'm the master of my fate, I'll call on God if and when I need him. We've all known people like that. Maybe we've, many of us been people like that. If that's where you are this morning, first of all, I'm glad that your life is so stable right now. That's, that's great. And that's, that's the norm we're seeking. But I would rather that you are thanking the Lord for your good times instead of thinking that you've done this by yourself because you haven't. You haven't. Maybe some of you will come around to thankfulness and dependence on the Lord today. You know, years before uh, I came to be on the state staff serving as South Region missionary and before serve as a missionary overseas, I too was a pastor, Rondi, believe it or not, for about 20 years or so. And uh, you know what my phone would ring as a pastor? Uh, all kinds of things, of course, but sometimes there's those calls we come to dread. There are those calls that are made, and the reason for it is just, it just comes tumbling out in, in very difficult words people share on the phone. And it's, you've barely said hello before they say, it's malignant. You've barely figured out who it is before they say, even worse than it's malignant, the cancer's back. And as pastors, we hear people say um, words like, we're at the ER, there's been an accident, or we lost the baby. Uh, terrible words, words that it pains me to remember. They still echo in my ears across the years. Uh, difficult stuff. She says she doesn't love me anymore. My husband beats me. Terrible words. Terrible words. And enough of that. I could go on, as Ronnie could too, I'm sure. Uh, but the point is, none of us is master of our fate. You may think you are. You may feel like you are today. And praise God for how stable it is today, but none of us are master of our fate. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Why did he speak specifically of daily bread? This is important, folks. This is not just poetry here. God's provision for our needs is daily, and we can receive them only daily. And so let's look at some of the things the scripture says about that. Three lessons today I want us to look at, bread lessons, if you will, from God's word. And the first one is in the Old Testament book of the Exodus, the second book in the Bible, chapter 16. You're going to read uh, about the record of God's people wandering in the desert, verses 1 through 4. Exodus chapter 16, I believe it's on your screen. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt and out of slavery there. Verse 2, in the desert the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. 
that you brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Cheery bunch, weren't they? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the first bread lesson. The Israelites had been liberated by God from slavery in Egypt, but there was a problem, uh, and we can recognize it. It's hard to feed that crowd of people on sand and thorns in the desert. And so food was a big problem. And, and so these people needed to learn to be God's chosen people. They needed to cultivate a day-by-day fellowship with him in order to survive the desert. So God provides for the people. God sends manna. He sends this bread, which can be gathered daily, but it can't be kept for tomorrow except on Saturdays because you don't gather on, really it would have been Friday night in their case. You don't gather Friday night through Saturday night, the Sabbath. But these people, this great tribe of people needed to, be fed, yes, but they needed more. They needed to be tested, and they needed to be taught obedience to the God who had delivered them. Well, were the Israelites quick learners? I hope you noticed the time stamp on that passage we read. A month and 15 days since they'd left Egypt. Now, you remember how long the Israelites were in the desert before they finally got to the promised land, probably. Forty years. And for those of you who are interested, 40 years contains 325 45-day periods. So, no, they weren't quick learners. They were slow learners, galactically slow. And sometimes so are we. Sometimes so are we quick to grumble against God. Sometimes so are we quick to whine about this and that, and especially about, about our spiritual leaders, which really is kind of a backhanded, backhanded complaint against God himself. And the people of Israel did all of this. Sometimes we do all of that. Sometimes we forget the hardships of yesterday, don't, don't we? And we, we, we have this idealized fantasy in our mind of the good old days. We have this selective memory. Oh, if we could only go back to the way it was when such and such. We do that, and so did the people of Israel. And there's a lot for us to learn. We should look at the people of, of Israel leaving Egypt and learn a lot about ourselves there. Let's not forget that we, too, are wanderers in this world. We, too, have much to learn. Um, God, God is able to provide for us, and he wants to provide for us daily. There's some things in life that can't be stored up. You can't gather it on Monday for the whole week. You know, peace of heart is today and today only. If, you, if some crisis comes to you tomorrow, today's peace of heart won't, won't do you any good at all on Tuesday and on Wednesday. It's the way it is. God will sustain us day by day. Give us this day our daily bread, he says. Folks, God doesn't need the reminder. You can be sure of that. But we need the reminder. We need to remember he can sustain us. And yes, as he does so, he will test us. He will teach us to be his people. 
And in fact, that's part of what we need to be provided with. The second bread lesson is in Deuteronomy, also Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 8. That's on the screen for you. I'll read the first three verses of this. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years, these 325 times you got impatient in, in a month and a half to humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his command. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Great passage. Forty years experience in the desert. They'd worked up several recipes, I'm sure, for the production of food out of manna and quail. Yes, people are still in the desert all this time. All this time trying to, to be tested and taught to be God's people. In this passage, Moses reminds the people they'd been hungry when they left Egypt. God had provided for them. He tested, taught, and none of this, you need to understand this. Let's, let's, let's not wonder what God's up to here. None of this was God making sport with his people. Far from it. Not at all. God was preparing them. He was giving them something they desperately needed. He was preparing them for the challenges ahead because they were, after all, about to enter into the promised land, weren't they? And the promised land was not vacant. Far from it. It was full of people that would have to be defeated. And they needed to be strong. They needed to be strong in the ways that count most of all. Strong in the Lord, not strong militarily because that wouldn't be enough on its own. They needed to be strong in their relationship with God. And that was the only way they could survive. Folks, that's the only way you and I can survive in this life, is to be strong in our relationship with the Lord. To receive daily that preparation he gives us for challenges which may lie ahead that we haven't even foreseen. We need to hear Jesus teaching us today that we should ask God for our daily bread that we should ask God for what he wants to give us day by day. And yes, it humbles us. Yes, it's, it's kind of slow, but it puts us in right relationship with our creator. It puts us in right relationship with God. Our relationship with God, folks, let's just be straight up about it. It's not a relationship between equals. He is God and we are not. And we need to be okay with that. If you haven't gotten to that place, you need to go to the beginning again. God prepares us to survive and to thrive in the midst of the challenges that surely come in life. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen body. You know, the day is going to come when my flesh ceases to function altogether. 
God's able to deal with that too. The truth is we shouldn't be wringing our hands and worrying about tomorrow. God knows our weakness. God knows our needs. And he will give us daily bread as we ask him. He will give us what we need so there's no reason to settle for anything less. Third lesson, the third bread lesson is from Matthew 4. Matthew 4 records what happened to Jesus after he was baptized by John in the wilderness in the Jordan River. And uh, it's an interesting account here, verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's that quote we read just a few moments ago, and Jesus brings it back up. The devil's rightly been called the father of lies. Does he lie in this temptation of Jesus? Well, not exactly. But it was Charles Spurgeon who said very wisely of discernment that discernment isn't knowing right from wrong. It's knowing right from almost right. And boy, we need that lesson. You see, what what. What the devil said was really true. Jesus surely could turn those stones into bread. But the needs of the stomach are not so important as are the needs of the soul. Food can sustain us physically for a little while, a few hours, and we want some more. But the word of God can bring us true life. The word of God can teach us how to live victoriously and receive from God day by day what he wants to give us. We have to be in relationship with him for that to happen. And so in this case here, the temptation of Jesus, at the end of his fast, he waits to accept physical sustenance for a little while longer. So many strong parallels in these three bread lessons with what we need to do in our lives. Jesus was focused on his purpose, steadfastly focused on his mission, which was a mission like like Israel's liberty, like Israel's liberation and freedom. Jesus, too, is about liberation of the captives. Jesus, too, was, was all about securing a promised new kingdom. But in Jesus' case, it wasn't a history lesson from uh, the Hebrew people, in Jesus' case, we are the captives who are, who are to be freed from slavery to shame, slavery to sin. We're to be freed. And in, in, in his case, Jesus' case, the new kingdom that he's working to establish is the kingdom of heaven. It's growing to this very moment, this very day. Uh, we, we can be the citizens and the servants of that new kingdom. That's the mission of Jesus, to bring us to that. 
So what conclusions should we draw from these, these bread lessons? I wish I could tell you the wilderness way is easy, but I, I can't and I won't. But what I will tell you is that asking for daily bread is sufficient. It's slow, yes. It's like waiting for the hair to grow out after you've cut your bangs all off. I had a daughter that did that once. Once was enough for her, thankfully. But the day of the Lord, the day-by-day provision for us is slow, it's humbling, but it's precisely the rhythm of life that God wants to teach us. It's what we need. We are fragile, and we are needy, whether we feel it in this moment or not. That's the fundamental truth about us. But Jesus teaches us we are utterly provided for in the Lord's love. Promised land is all the sweeter when we come to it. When we cease our wandering, maybe you've been wandering. Maybe, you, maybe you've been um, seeking relief from the stresses of life from all the wrong places, everywhere but humility with the Lord. Maybe you'll cease your wandering today. The truth is what we need to do is be delivered, be converted is a word that we use today. To be saved is a word we use today. Saved and converted from mastery of self to mastery of Christ. If you've not, never made that decision, if, if you believe in God, that's not enough. You need to believe in God and depend on him, be converted to him, acknowledging his authority over your life. You come to the place where you cease your wandering and you find your peace in him. Day by day, give us this daily bread. In a moment, I'm going to close us in prayer. Uh, and as we do so and as we sing our final song, the conclusion of that song, if you have a spiritual decision to share, you need to speak to your pastor about it. This is a life that's day by day, and it starts on a day just like today. I hope that you'll be converted to Christ mastery today. I hope that you'll be converted to come day by day to the Lord for your daily bread. If you've never done that before, do it today before you leave this place. Speak to your pastor. Let's pray, and I'll close, and the worship team will come and lead us in the final song. Father, thank you. Thank you, dear Lord, for giving us this day our daily bread. Lord, with that provision, teach us, test us, and prepare us, Lord, as only you can, as, as only you as the master of heaven and earth can do. Let us live for your kingdom, Lord, and let us... Live for your glory, and we will ask for that bread day by day. We'll ask for it again tomorrow and the day after. Father, thank you for giving us your word and your son and your provision. We pray these things in Christ's name.